comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I want the truth, Abe. What truth? You can't handle the truth. Yeah, I really can. <laughs> okay, well, we lace your bones with adamantium, and now your weapon, Aaron. You mean we- Weapon X? No, I actually really mean Weapon Aaron. Weapon That's that's like the worst secret weapon name ever. Yeah, sorry. Weapon X was already taken by a prisoner. Two, four, six, oh, one. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. Introduction. This is Abe. Did I cut you off? No, Abe. Hello. <laughs> hey, hey, Abe. How are you doing? Uh, well, I'm doing okay. Right. I didn't. I didn't come back from Austin just like you, but hey, you know, I did go on a hike today. You good? You done with that? Yeah. 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 Out now is a film podcast. Is Abe and I discussing new movies weekly? We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week. Games and other fun stuff. This is episode 113, 113, and we are talking about Snick Snack Snooch the Wolverine this week. Berserker Garage. Yep. Berserker Garage, indeed. That's, yeah, that's my favorite garage, garage door. Um, <laughs> yeah, Wolverine. That's what we're talking about. Hugh Jackman's back as the Wolverine, six time. And, uh, yeah, joining us to discuss the Wolverine, we have from the Thoughtful Slacker, his mutant power is turning into a poster tube and rolling up on enemies, Jose Cordova. Hey guys, how's it going? And from a number of podcasts, including the Jersey Shore podcast, the Long Box of Doom, the Walking Dead TV podcast, his mutant power is recording all three of these podcasts at once, Dr. Esquire himself, Jordan from Jersey. Hey guys, it's a shame uh, there's not a Halo movie for you to review for the 113th episode, as that would be most appropriate. Yeah, well. Mm, that would, yeah. <laughs> next next time we get to 132. <laughs> In an alternate universe, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the that's the show they're recording right now in the alternate. In, in volume in volume two, about now with Aaron and Abe. Once you get the reboot, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, how are you guys doing? Eh. Doing all right. It's good to be on the new and improved uh, out now. You know, last time I was here was before the hundredth episode. So. Whoa. It's cool. I I don't Every, think everything's that's true. new and shiny. Are you? Is that true? <laughs> is it? I don't think it I is. Think, I, I, Last time I was yeah, on it was... like you've been on before. I think you've been on after. after the 100th episode. However, now that you mention it, this might be the first time I've been on since 100. Yeah, it certainly is there you Jordan. Go. Not there for you Jose, go. though, who's making up things, clearly. <laughs> what was the last thing I was... You were on a Fast Five. 
That was after the That was under the past six. That was after the hundredth. Because Oblivion was our hundredth, and Oblivion was back in April. So that's right. That's right. And you're and you're contracted to be in every episode that has Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a movie that we talk about. So with the D silent. Yes. Yeah, Wayne the Rock Johnson. The D is silent. I can't wait for uh, what is it, Hercules? Hercules, yeah, Brett Ratner's Hercules. I think that's the. <laughs> yeah. Yay! I'm sure you guys will review that one. I can't wait. Oh my god! If it's anything like Tower Heist, then I'm excited. Yeah, Ben Stiller plays um, Ares. I can go off on this for a while, but let's not. Let's get to no, some announcements. Let's not. Um, Would you be excited, Abe, if it was Tower Heist remade, only starring Hercules? Like when? He, <laughs> wait, who's the one? Is it Masters of the Universe where he gets transported into like the the future? I, I, I believe... Is it that, or is it just her? I want to say it's the yeah. past. He's a future soldier who's transported into Eternia. No, I'm talking about, like, some lame movie. I can't remember. Anyway. He's in New York with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, that one! <laughs> that's why we do this podcast together. Is that a real thing? Because I've yeah. never heard of that's that. That's a real thing! Yeah, that's one of Schwarzenegger's first movies. Her, his first leading role movies, anyway. I don't think he says anything. I think his voice is dubbed in that, isn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you're enjoying all this banter, you can head to iTunes where you can find a Woo! review and rating for our podcast. Out now there today, we love getting reviews and ratings. You know, it's simple. Log on to iTunes. Give the movie star rating, maybe a sentence. Helps out the show. Good stuff there. Other show notes. What happened last week? Dennis Farina passed away, which was quite sad. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed Dennis Farina quite a bit. I really love the movie Get Shorty Out of Sight. There's a, there's a ton of them. Uh, Midnight Run. Um, is a, is a good Snatch? One. Snatch, yeah, Snatch. Oh yeah. And, uh, he was actually uh, really good recently on uh, New Girl. Yeah, where he passed away in that show as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kind of... Spoiler. Uh, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> I forgot that that's what he did. Life imitates art. Anyhow, it's a sad sad news. He was one of the few modern actors who could still actually rock a mustache. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Where's Tom Selleck now? He's on Blue Bloods on CBS this fall. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. But yeah, Dennis Farina, you will be missed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, let's see. If you have been following all of our episodes, you will know that we just recently had our special bonus Comic-Con recap episode with myself and Alan Aguilera. Uh, that's up now on iTunes if you haven't checked that one out yet. That's just us breathlessly talking about all of Comic-Con this past this past week, um, lots that went on there. Um, I know Abe and I have been playing on this, and friend of the show Adam Gentry and maybe some others have been playing on time doing a special video game episode because Abe has been playing The Last of Us, which has decided to yeah, it's kind of launched us into this mode. Uh, uh, we should do a podcast on that. So uh, yeah, Jose, I hear you uh, coughing there. I think <laughs> something's in your throat. Yeah, it's just you know, it might be cordyceps. <laughs> so and, uh, I have some spores. In a, in a future episode, we may be talking the uh, the Last of Us and a little Bioshock Infinite as well, I think, because they kind of tie together quite well. Speaking of which, Ken Levine just tweeted he's excited for tomorrow, so maybe a Bioshock Infinite DLC announcement, hopefully, as a complete aside. I like that. I like hearing that. And um, what else? Any other show notes? Uh, I mentioned a contest a few weeks ago, an upcoming contest. I've been incredibly busy in the past couple of weeks, but I will, I will, I assure you, next week I believe I'm much less busy. I will, I will have something prepared for that. And um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for show notes. So let's get to know everybody. Where each week we try to set the tone for the podcast by asking each other a few questions. Better get to know everybody. So with all that said, Abe, I'm going to let you start this one out this week. Awesome, Jordan. Yes, sir. Are you a fan of having 
a six-foot-two man play Wolverine, or would you prefer to see someone who is more realistic in his comic book height of five-foot-three? Uh, I don't really have a strong connection to Wolverine the character as a as a, even as a comic book reader. So I'm happy with someone who's a good actor in the role rather than someone who just looks like it. Otherwise, you end up with Taylor Mayne as Sabretooth. <laughs> uh, Aaron, yeah. Uh, since you've already verified off the air that you have seen the 1998 uh, Nick Fury Agent of Shield TV movie, classic. Tell me, who would you say was a worse actress in the role? Uh, Sandra Hess or Svetlana Kodchekanakova as Viper. What a what a valiant try you gave there on that one. <laughs> Kudos to that. Oh, um, well, he got it. Um, because they were both really bad. They yeah they are. Um, I I was probably more annoyed with Svetlana, so I'm gonna go with her. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with what's fresh in my mind and, and go with her performance. Fair enough. Yeah. Jose. Shoot. What uh what color spandex would you go for if you were to, you know, strap on a superhero costume? Oh black. Black is very slimming. And so uh, <laughs> not not in spandex. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure it's span- <laughs> pretty sure it's spandex they, they see any they see everything. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's still something. It's, it's something. Okay. Um, no but <laughs> I think I think black, you know, goes goes with anything also and uh I hear, Although, I, little, I hear, uh, I hear orange is the new black. Orange is the new black. Thanks for not paying us. Random trivia note. Uh, if you actually are trying to, you know, not be seen at night, you want to wear navy blue instead of black. If you wear black, you look like a uh, silhouette. I did not know this. How do you know this? I like that mutant too, actually. Were, were you taking some chems one day when you were like a, a secret agent? <laughs> That was part of my training, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let's shoot it back to uh, Jordan. Okay. Would you are Are you a bigger fan of this? Is a very very important question. Are you a fan of the bone claws or of the pure adamantium claws? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, is it? You know, I will say at least in this movie, I really liked how the bone claws were used. And in the past, the the metal claws, the adamantium claws, have a very, uh, let's say, spotty history in terms of CGI. So I'm going to go with the bone claws. <laughs> ah, I mean, controversial answer. They're just so like what you the adamantium claws are so useful. <laughs> yeah, haven't you seen the summer series edition of the Marvel cards? Where he's making hot dogs with his claws. But yeah, I'll give you, uh, I'll, give you I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you the CGI because oh my god, I'm only going X-Men, for X-Men Origins Wolverine. My god, there's a scene where I feel like someone like with Crayola crayons drew on the claws. Like, <laughs> is it the scene? Is it the scene where he's in the bathroom? Oh yeah, he's, yes, yeah, that scene. It's the scene that yeah. stands out like a like a sore adamantium claw. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> what that uh, let's see. Let's go to Abe. Yeah, Abe. Mary Both Kill, Yukio, Mariko, or Viper? Uh, mm, I'd marry, uh, wait, I'd marry, uh, whatever the. Mariko the is the red haired one. Yes! No, no, not her. No, no, Yukio's the red haired one. Yeah, Mariko. I was is... trying to throw you off and you passed that test. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I'd marry Mariko. I'd, uh, I'd, oh, marry, what is it? Mary Both. Kill? 
Mary Boff kill for the PG crowd. Oh yeah, I had a, I, yeah, I boff whatever whatever that means. I know what it means, but whatever you know that. exactly. It's a, com- what it it's a common term, but okay, <laughs> scoff at it. <laughs> I'd boff a uh, uh, viper, and then ah, uh, sadly, I guess I'd have to kill Yukio. But kidding man. me, man? That's weird. Yeah, that's that's weird choices. Yeah, yeah, it's. Although I guess with Viper's powers, you're almost guaranteed not to catch an STD. Well, you know, I'd wear protection, whatever that means. Well, it seems like she could control whether or not you'd get one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. she wouldn't be passing anything along, at least. It would be of her own creation. I'd ask her to... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which she could do anyway, so at least you're getting some. This is such a fun guy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aaron. Yeah? You are writing Wolverine the Musical. Name two <laughs> titles of songs in the musical that you're writing. Um, I snicked them. Um, that's one. You didn't have to sing it, but that gets you bonus. No, no, no I will sing. I was, I'm coming up with lyrics as we speak, but uh, yes. let's see. Um, that's one song. Um, another. Let's see, another song. Um, I rage, you rage, we all berserker rage. I think that's another. Uh, that's another good song right there. I, mean, I could probably think of more in a second. <laughs> Um, let's see. I'm surprised you didn't try to work in I can do anything better than you with a the best I am at what I do riff. Well, yeah, that's that's easy. I mean, um, what, oh, the other song is um, Hey Bub. Uh, that's <laughs> hey Bub. Um, the uh, the country song is of course I used to have some bone claws, but now I got adamantium. That's that's another one. It's the fun part of the it's the fun part of the uh, the, the the play, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna revert the I'm gonna revert the first answer to I'm a snicked man. That's there and I'm done. Okay. Have you guys seen the puppet Wolverine musical that released was released on YouTube a few days ago? I'm putting yeah. it on the show notes right now. That's because you're gonna want to Google that. I wouldn't say it's good, but it's entertaining. Is it? And it's got puppets. So Wolverine puppet musical in including a multiple man uh, chorus. So. Oh, those <laughs> Okay. That's inspired. Jordan. Yes, sir. What is the most exciting? Th- I literally spelled it X. Okay, I, I caught that. What is the most exciting thing you've seen in an X Men movie? Oh boy, um, I'm gonna go with Young Wolverine pulling the uh, pulling the submarine right out of the water. That was probably the coolest. Young thing. Magneto. Yes. Did I say something different? You said Young, young Wolverine. Oh yeah, sorry. You, you which like, are you like, you like, 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 like him killing his father or something in the first X Men? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know. That was a cool scene. Yeah, pulled a submarine. Yep. Okay, sure. Jose. Uh, to bring back the uh, the quote I mentioned before of Wolverine being, quote uh, his words, "The best I am at what I do." You get to toot your own horn here. Of your circle of friends, what is something that you are the best at? Oof. Making fun of Abe. What? Huh? <laughs> um, with I, I think I tell the best stories. I really do. Fair enough. Well, it's a good thing we have you on this podcast, not one of your lame friends who can't tell stories. Exactly. <laughs> am I right? Am I right? <laughs> I know, like, am, I right? am I right, Jose's friends? Not the bullet with that one. <laughs> that Abe guy. Jeez. Don't let Willie listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so I guess I'm on Abe? Finish uh, out? Yeah. All right, Abe. Um, this is actually a question that we've uh, talked about in my group of friends. What is the best, lamest superpower you could have? And I'll give you an example. 
One of them is smelling the future. Uh, I was just thinking about what you were saying. It's like, I guess the ability to blink and change your underwear, that'd be pretty lame. Oh, that's actually pretty useful. That's utilitarian. uh, Yeah, hold on. (laughs) For one thing, how did you. Why would you ever. How did did you come up with that answer so quickly? (laughs) Sometimes you just need to change. I went hiking today. (laughs) And you're thinking, geez, if only I could change it. You know, if I I had to wade through a river, I'd be like, hmm. I guess my underwear would be kind of wet. Now, would you be able to control this power, or would your yes. underwear change every single every time, time you blink? Would that be a terrible thing, though? I mean, you always, you always have fresh, fresh. underwear on. Yeah. Well, if the cut keeps changing, that could be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's be, you're like, a child, oh. you can't control it, right? But then when you're older and you go to Xavier School for the Gifted, you can learn to control it. But it's the only thing you can change. So if you're like, if you're wearing wet jeans and a wet T-shirt and whatever else... Everything's still gonna get wet. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't make it. You have to like strip down and just like blink, and then be like blink. That that fulfills the category. That is awesome and yet lame all at the same time. <laughs> and that's how you play. No, everybody. Let's move. Boom. On. Let's move on down. Da, 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 da. Let's move on down now, quickies. Yeah. Each will get out now. Very today, we try to talk about just one movie, mainly for you know extended period of time. But we also have a segment called Out Now Quickies. Yeah. Where we talk about other movies that we might have seen this week in a short amount of time. That's why we call it Out Now Quickies. Okay. Abe, have you seen any other movies or shows this week? I have not caught up in anything, but I did catch... uh, Well, I kind of rewatched Kung Fu Panda 2, um, which we'll get to in games. Define kind of rewatch. I was flipping through it here and there. I I just like uh, Danny McBride. Didn't see that coming as the reason. <laughs> <Okay. No. laughs> I like Danny McBride. Just take it off like, the top of my head. He has like know. nine lines in that movie, so I figured I'd watch it. <laughs> One of them is, ow! <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Okay. Jose, have you seen any other movies or shows this week? Uh, yeah, I just got done with my summer job, so I've been on like a movie-watching tear. Um, I watched uh, Red 2, which is a movie. Yep. And uh, I actually, I think I enjoyed it because the movie I had previously watched was uh, R.I.P.D., oh. which is barely a movie. <laughs> oh, man, Jose, what did um, you do to yourself? I started, I started low, so I watched R.I.P.D. You got to the R section of the movie theater decided to watch all that was in there. <laughs> I love those alphabetical was... movie theaters. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, R.I.P.D. But then I watched uh, The Way, Way Back, nice. which I uh, really enjoyed. Um, I think it's a, you know, it's kind of like the, <clears throat> almost like the cliche indie coming of age story, but there's a lot of really solid performances. You know, um, Sam Rockwell's awesome. I think the the main kid is actually pretty good. Yeah. He's like this angry kid for most of the movie, which is kind of different for for those movies because usually they're just awkward. And uh, but I really enjoyed it. And then I also watched uh, I watched Fruitvale Station last night, mm-hmm. um, which I I uh, thoroughly enjoyed. I I think it gets a little heavy handed at times. Um, but I think it's pretty enjoyable and it's nice to see, uh, uh, just a place that I know on screen, you know, being, living so close to the Bay Area and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Checking that one out. Uh, Jordan. Well, let's see. We've already mentioned Orange is the, new, is the New Black, which is fantastic. So I will recommend that. Although it's not for children. It's a TVMA <laughs> show. I just watched, uh, I just watched episode seven while in the airport. Very cool. <laughs> Um, also, Axe Cop just debuted on Fox, so check that out. It's um, 
Again, not for everybody, but not for the same reason. Explain it's the just... uh, explain the premise of that show, because I think okay. So, Axe Cop is based on a comic book that was created by two brothers several years ago, and when it was created, the two brothers were the artist who was twenty seven and the writer who was five years old. So the younger brother would come up with crazy ideas. His older brother would ask him questions to flesh them out, and then he would draw whatever his little brother said. And now it has been turned into a TV show called Axe Cop with Nick Offerman, uh, Mr. Ron Swanson himself, as Axe Cop. And it is goofy and fantastic. How is that not for everybody? Nick Offerman <laughs> in a show written by a five-year-old? <laughs> I, I made my youngest sister watch it tonight uh, before she went to bed, and she complained that it made her, her brain hurt and that she was going to bed a little dumber. <laughs> uh, on the uh, movie front... That's quality uh, television. Oh, yeah. On the movie front, uh, on Jersey Shore, we just started a new series called Netflix, where we look at Netflix movies um, and watch them and kind of do a similar thing to what you guys do here, only for older movies. And uh, so the first one we did was Troll Hunter, and that was a lot of fun. I recommend it for anyone. And one we've done, but the episode has not been released yet, was for Series 7, The Contenders, a movie I liked quite a bit and my co-host could not stand. So that was also a very fun episode to do. Interesting. And they're all available on Netflix. Cool. Look forward to checking that one out. Yeah, which sure. I get no money from, unfortunately. Neither <laughs> <laughs> do we. I've um I've seen a number of movies recently. I meant to mention some of these last week, but I just had a lot. I just I have a lot of quickies. Do you? <laughs> oh, I'm on the ball. I, I was you know, I was testing you. Um, I saw the spectacular. Now this was with uh, Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller. It's, it's a solid um solid high school romance movie. Reminded me a lot of Say Anything. Really, really good. I liked it. Oh. Um. Yeah, it's real. Um, it's real man. Drinking Buddies. This film stars Jake Johnson, Olivia Wilde, Anna Kendrick, and Ron Livingston. I was like, who's that fourth one? Ron Livingston. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the Conjuring. That's um, that's a film that's um, it's uh, it's available on VOD right now actually, and I enjoyed that one quite a bit too. It has this kind of, it has a kind of improv style where all the scenes are there's a direction, there's a focus to where it's going, but a lot of the scenes are. Heavily, heavily utilized improv. That's um, that's a, that mumblecore guy, right? What's yeah, was uh, uh, Swanberg. Um, yes, Joe yes. Swanberg. He, um, or Swanbeck. Joe Swan. Swanberg. 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 Yeah, he started in mumblecore movies, and this is kind of his a more uh, less of that, but it's still it's, reliable. A, it's a better enunciated film. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 but it's it's quite good. I enjoyed it, and I also saw. Movie called Short Term Twelve. This is also another indie. This one stars Brie Larson, um, of uh, what Scott Pilgrim, Twenty One Jump Street fame. Yeah, and uh, one episode of Community, or maybe one episode two. of Community. Yeah, um, <laughs> I this this movie is quite good as well. This uh, stars her and uh, what's the guy's name from from Newsroom? Um, I oh, know, I, f- uh, I forget. But, Halper, uh, or Jeff Daniels? No, not no, uh, no, the young guy. The younger guy, whatever. Uh, the two of them, they uh, they're working kind of a foster Jeff care. Himself? No. They work in kind of a foster care facility, and it's just it. It follows, it follows what you think would be a formula, but it works really well because of the performances in the story. That one's called Short Term Twelve. I really like that one. Um, and lastly, I saw the To Do List, which was released this week in theaters. Um, I like this movie quite a bit. It's it's this really raunchy comedy, but it for what it's for what it's doing, and like it's it's written and directed by a woman, and it stars a woman, it stars Arby Plaza, um, but it doesn't really make. It doesn't really make that like an issue. It's just more. It just happens to be a. It's a Raji comedy that just happens to be on the female side of things, but it's still just really funny. That's what I took away from it. It's it's got some it's got some issues, but I laughed a lot, and that's what mattered to me. So there you go. To do list. Um, 
Yeah. Anything else? Any other quickies? Damn. Nope. Good. So that's how we play on our quickies. Yeah. I, I did have one question for Jose. Would you say you preferred Red or Red Two? Because I actually kind of really liked the first one. Um, the red, uh, the, the red, the first one, um, I think plays up the, uh, like, oh, we're retired angle a little bit more. And I think it's kind of, is probably edges out the second one for me. I think, uh, who I had a lot of fun with in the second one is actually, um, uh, Byun-Hun Lee. He has a couple, like, really funny yeah, lines. I'd agree with that. I, he's well. so solid. Somebody needs to give this guy, like, his own, like, an American big action movie. It's as much exactly. as I... As much as I hated Red 2, I think he yeah he's one of the highlights in that movie. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Is Helen Mirren still awesome? She's fine. It's just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it really feels like a paycheck movie. She but... feels like she's in a different movie because she's like so like disconnected from most of them for the majority of the movie. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but beyond oh, the way, well. he does good work. Yeah. All right, let's get to trailers. Movie trailer talk. Each week we discuss some of the newest trailers and uh, when they're coming out, what we thought of them. And we got a couple here. This week we have first the 47 Ronin. This is a film starring Keanu Reeves and a number of Japanese actors. Uh, it's based on, it's based on a story that's been adapted quite a bit actually. Um, eventually, essentially a band of samurai set out to take out a ruthless shogun, but this, this version of the story involves a lot more fantastical elements in it. And, um, yeah, Keanu Reeves is one of these, one of these Ronin. And uh, he's who's a half breed, by the way, as the trailer indicates, <laughs> to make sure we know that it's okay that like that's first line. Line. Keanu Reeves can be <laughs> can play exactly. one of these persons, people. And um, <laughs> uh, interestingly, the film's directed by Carl Rinch, who no one's no one will know that name by pan, but he was in line actually to direct what became Prometheus eventually before Ridley Scott took over. Uh, but he's a kind of an acclaimed commercial director, and I've seen a lot of his things, and I'm curious how this one's going to pan out. I've also know that this movie's been delayed a lot. It was supposed to come out in November of 2012, but now it's coming out nearly, well, more than a year later. So with all that in mind, let's start with Jordan from Jersey. Jordan, what do you think for the trailer of 47 Ronin? It looks kind of like 300 meets 300 with a couple samurai thrown in. Um, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. Some of the line reading in the trailer felt off to me, and part of that's just because it's Keanu Reeves. But it while it didn't look like something that particularly interests me, it didn't look bad. All right. Is it? Which I guess the most lukewarm positive uh, response I can give it, but <laughs> it looks like something that'll work, just not for me. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought it looked uh, at least visually interesting. Um, it, I, I don't know if I'm quite on board with all the fantastical elements of it. I thought, um, for the most part, it looks pretty cool. You know, I like samurai and Ronin and sword fights and stuff, so I'm, I'm on board there. But I don't know. Some of the the effects, I think, for some of the fantastical elements look a little cheesy. But <clears throat> I mean, I, I I haven't seen a movie with Keanu Reeves in a really long time, and for some reason, I want to. <laughs> so I think that's <laughs> what's going to take me to this movie, to be honest. Um, but I, I think it could be mildly entertaining. Abe? Uh, yeah, I'm going on board with Jose there, where the fantastical elements and the CG kind of threw me off a little bit. Uh, the story in itself sounded pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if I'd be kind of clamoring to get out of my seat to go see this on the first weekend, but it certainly is something that kind of interests me. Just because, again, I do like the... The, the nature of the story, and, you know, I can't really say no to Rinko Kikuchi, so... There you go. 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty much in the same place as all you guys. I my biggest concern is, yeah, it was delayed for over a year, so I'm curious if it's still like a movie that's you know any good. But um, at the same time, it's got a Christmas release date. I like Keanu Reeves um, in these kind of movies. I'm very curious what the tone's going to be, if it's going to be uber serious or if it's going to have a sense of humor. I'd like to think that it would have a sense of humor given the stuff it's kind of dealing with. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's got some cool action in there, so it's just a matter of, you know, if it's any good, <laughs> if, the, if the action's at least coherent. But uh, we'll see. And, yeah, Keanu Reeves hasn't really been... In the limelight for a while, he did it. He, he did, did that documentary, the um, the yeah. uh, the one about digital Sci- film and, and yeah. regular film, right? Side by right. side by side, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that probably took some time, but uh, yeah, we'll see. The forty seven Ronin arrives Christmas Day this year, so oh. yeah, just in time, just in time, guys. <laughs> the uh, the next trailer we're going to talk about is the Grandmaster. This is the new film from Wong Kar Wai. It is. It's the story of Ip Man. We've seen a version of this movie already, but now we have the Wong Kar Wai version, making it probably the most beautiful version of Ip Man that you'll ever see <laughs> in the screen. <laughs> um, it stars, Precisely my thoughts. It stars Tony Leung and uh, Zee Zhang. And, um, yeah, it's the story of Ip Man, the man, who, the man who trained Bruce Lee, but more importantly, is just a badass all around. <laughs> that's kind of, that's, the, that's the, the impression of Ip Man that I always get. And uh, So, yeah, with that, Sarf Jose, what did you think of the trailer? Um, yeah, I think this is a good trailer. It gets me pumped for the movie. Like you said, it's probably the most beautiful version of this story we're going to get. Um, to be honest, I don't think I've ever finished a Wong Kar Wai movie. I've seen bits and pieces of some, and I just haven't, for some reason, never gotten to finish one. Um, so maybe this will be the first. Um, but I think, I mean, the movie looks beautiful. There's a lot of, like, slow-mo shots, or, or and then there's rain which I always like. Um, and uh, they have the great... Uh, I got a big... Uh, what is it? Um, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon vibe. And I remember watching that movie when that came out when I was a kid and just being like blown away by it because it was something so different that I hadn't really seen. And this gives me some of that same feel of like that kind of like big epic tale with awesome action. And I believe it's actually the same fight choreographer who did that in The Matrix and has done really good stuff. Yeah, like looping so, um, or something. Ewing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm more than than on board. Jordan. Well, I actually saw two trailers for this movie. The first one I saw was weird. It was the newest one, and it felt more like a masterpiece theater movie about rain in 1920s China. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, once I finally watched the second trailer, which is the one everybody else watched, uh, actually looked really interesting. Um, I'm not that familiar with the story it's based on, but just the the visual look of it. And the the tone of the trailer and the, and all the fights and stuff, which I'm not really a kung fu movie guy, doesn't really do it for me. That said, this looks like one that could interest me quite a bit. I take you haven't seen It Man then with Donnie. I have not. No, okay. that's on Netflix, and I recommend that. I, I have I seen it many times. <laughs> you know, running through, I just not, have not gotten to it yet. It. Uh, I'm a fan of It Man, the the movie that we just mentioned there with Donnie Yuen. Um, I don't know. If- like I'm on really on board with this primarily because it's uh, it's so beautiful that I think it might be uh, lacking in substance perhaps. Um, like everything that you see is exactly what you would expect from a one car wife film. And if you want to just like take a glimpse into how he directs, you can check out like this BMW film uh, that he made with um, uh, some some model and 
the guy from Children of Men, I forget his name right now. I forget Clive Owen's name. <laughs> Clive Owen, yes, thank you, <laughs> as the driver. Um, and you get a sense of, like, how he directs, which is, like, very, like, beautiful and romantic and, and somewhat, like, dreamy. Um, so no doubt this is going to be beautiful, but, again, I, I don't know if I would want to see a version of uh, his, I guess, his iteration of it, just considering that it's so artistically well done that I, I kind of just want to see some pretty awesome fight choreography, which it looks like there is. Uh, so I, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, I think you're underselling Juan Carway's abilities as a storyteller. He has been doing this for a little bit, of, a little bit of time now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with some classic movies, but um, anyway, I I am excited to see this movie. I wouldn't have thought that I needed another version of It Man, but at the same time, seeing another another version of It Man looks very intriguing right now, just given what I'm seeing from this movie so far. What I like about that story is that it's. It's what I've called in the past the it's the life is beautiful of martial arts movies where it tar- it starts off one way and then it has this dramatic shift based on the war that occurs and it's 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 a neat kind of story to see unfold and I'm curious how Wong, how Wong Kar Wai is going to handle that for for this film. I also like Tony Leung quite a bit so it's yes. so nice to see him back on screen in a, in a leading role in a movie like this. But uh yeah, The Grandmaster um opens what August 23rd. Probably a limited release will probably spread wider from there, but I'm seeing a good amount of marketing for it, so I guess it's going to get a reasonable release, given that it's a, a foreign film and martial arts film, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's our trailers. Let's get to, I guess, I guess it's time to get to the, the main review for The Wolverine. My employer wants to say thank you for saving his life all those years ago. There's a time when our enemies knew honor. I wanted to offer you something no one else can. A gift. You have struggled long enough. I can end your eternity. Make you mortal. What they did to me. What I am. Be undone. Don't be so sure. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for the Wolverine. This is Hugh Jackman returning to the role that kicked off his American film career, and how he stars in this new standalone film that finds the Wolverine very alone as he deals with his current state. He has lost those he's loved. He wants to remain a recluse, but he reluctantly travels to Japan to see an old friend. During this visit, he encounters the kind of trouble that will make him go berserker rage, even while he deals with the loss of his healing factor. Jordan, were you happy with Old Man Logan's return to the screen? I was, actually. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I had some problems, which we'll get into, uh, I'm sure, but it, it, overall, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Cool. Jose? Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good film overall. I think that, you know, as it starts and through the middle, it's very deliberate and pretty focused. Um, I think it uh, falls apart a little bit in the third act, but uh, overall, I think this is a pretty solid uh, Wolverine tale, especially coming off of Origins. And uh, I think there's some cool action and some good performances and some bad ones. But uh, we'll get to that later. Abe? I thought it was an okay movie. I think that might be the most negatives, apparently. Um, as, a, as a Wolverine movie, I think it's really good. It, it, it's, it's, you know, it kind of deals with Wolverine's angst and whatever else. 
Uh, but well, the film of is the kind two of long. Wolverine movies, this is Citizen. Oh wait, no, this is this is like light years ahead of the X Men Origins <laughs> Wolverine. Like that movie is just awful. <laughs> I mean, who likes a helicopter scene with an explosion? I mean, most people, but this one that was just ridiculous. I love that scene. <laughs> Walking away from explosions. Um, That's it. I'm a bigger but, fan of Wolverine Origins than most people. Because Ryan Reynolds, yes. Well, he was actually really good in it. Deadpool, however, was terrible. But that's another story. <laughs> um, but the movie as a whole, I think it's, it's kind of long. It kind of like meanders for a little bit, um, and you don't really get a sense of really what's going on till the end. And then it's kind of like a letdown because I actually thought it was going to go somewhere else. Um, it wasn't a huge letdown, but you know, for the most part, it's an okay movie. I think that you you would really enjoy it if you um, kind of have like don't really try and guess where the movie's going to go, what storyline they're going to follow. Um, so it's okay. I really like this movie quite a bit. I would call it the best superhero movie I've seen this summer, easily. Um, I <clears throat> I would not say that I'm a big Wolverine fan. I like many other X-Men more than Wolverine. Though with that said, seeing a movie like this where you kind of get rid of all these other mutants and just focus on one for a change, I really enjoyed that. I, I would put this X-Men movie above, above many of most of them. I'd probably put it in the top three X-Men movies, in my opinion. I, I really enjoyed seeing this kind of standalone film that works as a character drama that just happens to have action in it. I think the action sequences are well done uh, when they do kick in. I was never bored during this movie, despite the fact that it does you know linger a lot on just Wolverine dealing with dealing with his own shit <laughs> so, um, <laughs> opposed to just you know non-stop berserker rage which is cool and everything and even when it gets to the third act where you have kind of this stuff that's not great necessarily i i'm, I'm willing to forgive that just because i was just really on board with what this movie was trying to do it has these kind of smaller stakes with a smaller story but it's more focused and that's something that i tend to find as a problem with most x-men movies so seeing you know a standalone picture like this that has such Confidence is what it's trying to do until it gets to that end where it just kind of goes all over the place. I was just a, I was a, I was a fan of that ambition more than a lot of other things that I've seen this summer. So I just I really like this movie. And certainly we, we to were... your... go, oh, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, certainly to your credit for uh, for Jose and Aaron, I, it is more of a tighter focus, and I, I did really enjoy that a lot because you know you don't have like this mutant federation thing with like creed and whatever else and you know you, I, I don't think the word mutants actually gets used in this script at all there's um, only like two three mutants in this movie at most yeah but they never it, say like the word mutant i know that's what i'm saying there's there's, there's only, there's only yeah. i don't think there's more than three mutants in this movie yes i agree unless you um, count the after credit scene yeah <laughs> <laughs> um which you should say for don't leave yes. but uh, it certainly is something that i did enjoy a lot where yeah it's like a fraction of his life and it's it's really concentrated, and basically it is just a movie, and he just happens to have, like, supernatural powers. Uh, or I guess not supernatural, but, like, you know, above super average human powers. Human, superhuman powers. So it, I did like that a lot, and, you know, I it is a good movie just as a standalone, but uh, in the mutant universe it's also pretty good. It's just, again, I, I had problems with it that I couldn't really see past because it kind of just makes you go through this maze, and then, like what you said, the third act is just like, Surprise, we're just going to throw a bunch of stuff at you, and uh, I think this is what everyone wants. And yeah, to some degree it is, but at the same time, it's kind of kind of comes out of left field. We were talking on LOD the other day about, you know, there's a ton of superhero movies coming out, and at what point does the general public get tired of them? And we were we were saying before this, before any of us had seen this movie, that one of the best things to counteract that is how some of the superhero movies are able to take it in a different direction. Like Captain America is a World War II movie. 
with superheroes in it or a superhero in it, but it's a World War II movie. Cap 2 is apparently going to be a 70s spy thriller. And now seeing this one, this is a samurai movie, a little bit of spaghetti western thrown in there, I I caught. And again, yeah, like you're saying, it does not feel like a superhero movie. And I think that's a good thing, especially because there are so many other ones coming out, already have been released and will be coming out in the next couple of years. This helps set it apart, make it feel different, make it feel special, and not make it feel like a superhero overload. Yeah, I think you make a yeah, I think you make a good point, um, and that's something that I'm excited about going forward. You know, we're hearing you know, cool things about Cap Two and Guardians of the Galaxy. Seems like it's gonna be crazy. Oh yes, um, in a nope. really different way, you know. Um, and I think uh, I agree with you know the feel that you get from from this movie, uh, especially the the yeah, there's like a really slight Western vibe to it. Um, but I think that's part of what made me um, made me really dislike the ending away because you you throw in a lot of like really convoluted, very kind of like we've seen this before. Where it's like not to spoil anything, but it's a very kind of twisty and turny thing that um, I think is it gets a little too muddled. I think for yes, for agreed. yeah for for the the rest of the film, the rest of the film is kind of very slow and very deliberate. And um, in the end, just kind of gets really messy. Although I will, to its credit, I, I like what Aaron said about the stakes being kind of smaller, more personal stakes. For, this is like the first time that the third act isn't about saving like the whole world or something. You know what I mean? This is like a very personal, um, yeah, very personal stakes at the end here. Very, um, a lot smaller, but still, I guess, big action in a way. It's why I'm able to forgive it because I think that, the action, which I don't, and I don't think the plot gets convoluted. I just think it becomes goofier as it gets to the third act. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, never, yeah. I'm never confused by the story, and I like the path that it led me on. But I mean, getting to that third act, I think it it works for me just because it's still focused on Logan. It never loses that sight. It never becomes anything more than a story about what Logan's going through. It just happens to be a, a lot of other. Th- <laughs> the reveal becomes like, okay, this is what's going on, and it's not as compelling as something like watching Logan deal with the, the death of all the ones that he's loved and it being manifested in the form of Jean Grey, who you see throughout. Like, there's things like that which I just find fascinating. Even the second act where it's, you know, him dealing with the fact that he doesn't have his powers anymore, and regardless of whether he chose that or not, given that you see in the trailer that he, that's a plot that comes up, but why that happens and what happens because of it, I was really into that. I was into him just being in Japan and just figuring this out and just going up this plot. And even you have these two female characters, or Marco and what's the other one's name? Um, Yukio. Yukio. Is it Yukio? I didn't want to say Yukio. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yukio. I, I, li- yeah, I like them quite a bit. I, and they're being, it's their debut performances as actresses in these films. They're both Japanese models, apparently. But I think they're really? both, yeah, I think they're both wow. quite good. I would say, Yukio is better because she has more of a personality to go off. Yeah. This sword is hundreds of years old. It was named Danzan by the first samurai who used it. Danzan means separator in Japanese. The ideal weapon for separating head and limb from body. Like so. But, and I liked her chemistry with Hugh Jackman. But, I mean, both of them, for what they're given to do here, I I enjoyed what they had to offer and how they kind of opened up Logan as a character more. Like, it just, there was so much in here that I just enjoyed that I was just happy to watch. And then you have the action stuff, too. Like, the action's almost second to me, even though 
it's like the bullet train sequence is really cool and the the bathed in moonlight samurai swords versus adamantium claw sequence is really cool like i just it i was into the i was into the story enough and just happened to be satisfied by the fact that oh yeah this is also a superhero movie in the summertime so yeah there's action too like it's just I, I was I was very happy watching this movie and just given that it's kind of the more low key superhero movie of the summer compared to something like Iron Man three or Man of Steel, I was very content to just enjoy this movie for what it was, which is yes a B movie, but it's a really well made one in my opinion. Well, first off, I think you might have Yukio and Mariko confused. Yukio is the redhead. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. When you were talking no, about chemistry I, with Hugh Jackman, you yeah, can guys, no, but I I assumed oh, she, you meant the other one. No, I'm she's his, she's his protector. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I was going with the wrong type of chemistry. No, yeah, I, I like I like that relationship more the the kind of the friend yeah. chemistry rather yeah. than the the love that can never be the chemistry. weird yeah star crossed lover kind of thing. Um, I do have to sort of disagree with you on the the goofiness of like the plot. I did find it kind of convoluted because it's almost like a a cross double cross triple cross quadruple cross kind of thing, and it's like I I don't even know what's going on here anymore. Like you have like this Pay secret ninja foot clan. Where it's just like, <laughs> whose side are you on? Why are you on this side? I don't get it. And then you have like the scientist, which you kind of get the feeling of uh, something is off, and that's totally fine. But it's just so weird. Um, and at the end, where it's all revealed, it's like, yeah, I don't really care. Like, I this is such like a, a stupid thing that I guess that this is the way that they wanted to go with it, um, which I never really saw coming. <laughs> And because I didn't really see it coming in, because it was so weird, I kind of just didn't really want to forgive it. Um, but certainly there were, like, really cool parkour incidences in this movie, uh, which kind of makes me want to learn parkour just so that I can be, like, a ninja and snap people's necks, which is uh, another thing, which is the violence level in this The things movie. people do in parkour, snap yeah. people's necks. <laughs> right, yeah, and run away from speeding trains, bullet trains. But uh, the the level of violence in this is actually quite high. It's like, I, I did like that. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, no no X2 Wolverine Berserker Barrage, though. Uh, but it comes kind of <laughs> close. Uh, but certainly the... I don't know. Like, that first action sequence where he's starting to get shot up and he's fighting people off at the funeral. Like, there, there's some gritty stuff. I saw, it, I saw that scene again today. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, this is really yeah. violent. I was I was trying to like get the amp up like you know how uh, in X two where he's fighting the dude with the, the gun. Oh yeah, and, I know. I just watched X two also. I yeah, just... and then he just throws his claws at him, and he's just like, ah! And I was like, yes, this is exactly how I avenge Wolverine. <laughs> I think well, there's some cool. Uh, I was just gonna mention. I think there's some cool stuff from a, like a filmmaking standpoint going on too, and some of those action scenes because when a, a lot of times you know you understand that he has the healing factor, but he does still feel pain, and I think we really get that in this one. Like when he gets shot. And the camera kind of takes this like wobble and goes out of focus and stuff. I think there's some cool stuff in there. Yeah. On the convoluted angle, I will kind of agree and disagree with uh, with Abe, and, and I think everybody else has kind of touched on it as well. But I think as for the quote unquote reveal, I thought that was kind of telegraphed and obvious. But I, I will definitely agree that the um, who's loyal to who is very often very confusing and up to the point of where it's like very clearly stated I am on X's side it can get very confusing and, and I mean you always kind of figure that more or less everybody is out to get Wolverine but there's a lot of other parties in this movie that how they relate to each other and which of them wants who dead at which point in the movie that kind of got a little confusing not enough to take me out but enough to make it not particularly clear mm-hmm. I don't know what to at say. Parts. I, was, I was just on board I don't know <laughs> like, no no no, no, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said it didn't take me out but just I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm saying I, I, just, like, I was never lost. I was, I was, I was, like, 
I I never I never didn't get what the loyalties were. I don't know. I guess well, I think because like, like I said, everybody's still out to get Wolverine, but it's just yeah. how they relate to each other that sometimes I was like, wait, I thought you were on your side, but now you want him dead. Okay, I guess. And they do explain it all later. It was just at certain points it was not so much a reveal of ha, I'm on the other side now. It was a no, no, I just want you dead. Yeah. Um, I do think Jackman's really good in this movie. I think um, I think he's probably his best here that he's been since the the first hour of the first X-Men movie back in 2000. I think he gets mainly cuz he, you know, gets a chance to do a lot with the character, but yeah. I like I like him at the beginning where he's, you know, brooding in full full beard mode and uh, you know, Jean mode. Later, yeah, later <laughs> and then later on as he, you know, he cleans up, but he gets a chance to kind of delve into the character of Wolverine. I I I mean, J- Jackman is such a he's such a great screen presence as it is, so it it helps that you, you're not it's not a sullen movie, despite the fact that it's dealing with a guy who's literally lived for, you know, <laughs> centuries, centuries yeah. and like has lost everyone that he's loved. But it's not a movie that doesn't feel fun to me. And I think there's a there's a way to balance that that could have worked out you know, poorly, but I think it works out well here because I had a lot of fun in this movie that deals with a lot of violence and this man who has his you know, dark past. I do like that that part of Jackman's character as well, where, you know, it's uh it's it's angsty enough, but it's not so over the top, and it's it's comic book world, but not incredibly like cheeky and fun. Like he's not like doing a middle finger thing with his claws to anybody. Um, he's he's pretty much uh, he's just pissed off the whole. Thing. Yeah, exactly. That's he's pretty Wolverine, angry. That's why yeah, it he, works. Yeah. And even even like uh, the first time that you see his claws, and he he just X's something on a on a giant log, like that looks pretty cool to me. And it just you know it, it, he doesn't really use his claws to the effect of. Hey, this is my secret weapon, and I'll just do it uh, all the time. It's just more of like, well, I guess he's a mutant, and um, you actually kind of get lost in the world of of him just living in Japan for a little bit, and realizing that yeah, he's a mutant. And one of the things I was gonna mention earlier is is I like to put the the attention to detail in terms of the fight sequences because although he's woozy and although he is like uh, not healing as quickly as he he normally would, um, there are some scenes where some guy kicks him in the shin and he's the the guy who kicks him is just like oh because he's he's still made of adamantium <laughs> and then some what, guy also like punches him in the face and like his his knuckles like burst. I thought it was interesting though that they use that kind of both ways and specifically the second one you talked about with him getting punched in the face yeah. he kind of re- recoils as well from the ringing of the adamantium and he has to deal with that now as well which I thought was interesting. There's a lot of fun that goes on with the. I mean, the train sequence, which is exciting, yeah. it's also just fun and funny. Like it just has such yeah. a, a. I'm a fan of director James Mangold quite a bit. I like how he he's jumped from genre to genre. He's in movies like 310 to Yuma, Identity, Girl Interrupted, and now he's done a Wolverine movie. And he like he has this, despite jumping around from genre to genre, he seems very capable within the genre that he that he goes to. And I I like what he did here with with Wolverine with how he tried to put things together. Yeah, there's obviously the his second unit team and whatever that's helping to handle the action, but he's a, he's assembled a solid action movie for yeah. the most part, especially in those first two acts, and it works well. And something yeah. I like about Wolverine in general, like Wolverine's like he's a, he's a terrible fighter. Like he can fight, but he's not like he's not like a trained fighter. He's just the guy that uses all well, he has to his best to ability. He's not like he's not a great fighter. Like he's, he, he doesn't get, have to be. He doesn't have to be Wolverine. exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's he's just pissed off, and so he's just and he has these claws, and he has. 
a lot of strength, and he's just going to keep using that to his best, and he's probably going to be the last man standing because he's pretty much indestructible and immortal. So he, <laughs> he, he just he, he lays it all out there, and you just see that in action, especially like in the samurai fight where he's getting cut to pieces because he's a terrible fighter, but he still he still has his claws. He knows how to use them. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you make a good point about him balancing the tone. There's a lot of really kind of small humorous moments that I think help to keep the movie from just dipping into like something like Man of Steel, where I think it got a little too brooding at times, um, a little too face punchy. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I mean to talk about um, superhero movies in general, I think you know we're talking about having to make them more than just a movie about a superhero. And I think when you boil it down, this is a movie about a guy who has a lot of regrets, who comes to a new place and has to deal with it when he's thrust into, you know, a different situation. He has to come to terms with his past and try to find a little redemption for himself. And that guy just happens to be a guy who has an indestructible skeleton and claws that pop out of his hands. And I think that works really well here. I don't think it worked as well in something like Man of Steel, which was supposed to be kind of about this a guy trying to figure out who he wants to be when he grows up kind of thing, or the man he wants to be. And I don't think they pull it off as well in that film as they do here. I, I agree with you. And it's like, I, I think it, that it's, that's, that's almost to the, the point that we uh, have brought up many times too, which is it's, it's just not really in Superman's character to be that moody and, and, and upset and confused about life. It's, it's not really his place to be like, Oh, look at me. I'm just going to go live in the ocean because I don't want to deal with anything. And my dad told me not to go save him from a tornado. Um, it's really like, you know, Wolverine, I get, you know, he, he's just upset. He's angry. He's really, uh, you know, I, I like how they played up all the instances in the in the movie universe of the Wolverine stuff. You know, everything that he's done, dealt with with Jean Grey, like his past with the X-Men, um, you know, Xavier and the and the what uh, and so forth. But that's just kind of the way that I feel about Superman is just. Yeah, you can't really make a movie like that with Superman in it, considering that he's a cheeky and fun dude. I think there's a way to make that Superman movie. I think it's just a bad script was the problem with that movie. But Well, it's also those character traits of self-doubt and uh, more three-dimensional qualities are more of a Marvel thing going back to the early days of the comics. And that's not to say that DC doesn't have them now. But a lot of those DC heroes, because they were created in the 30s, mm-hmm. they just have – you know, to add that depth to them feels wrong in many cases because they weren't originally created with it, and that's not the image you have of them. You know, Batman's a little bit of a different story, but yeah. particularly Superman, whereas, you know, Wolverine, Peter Parker, all these characters are plagued with self-doubt and and very real problems that just feel germane to their universe where they don't to a Superman or an Aquaman or a Wonder Woman or something like that. Very true. So you have to work a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. I'll also point out, then, just to go back to the kind of standalone feature point, I like that this movie isn't really tied to anything. You could True. You could walk into this movie and not having seen all of the X-Men movies and be just aware of what's going on pretty simply. Even without the only that, thing you'd probably be confused by is Jean Grey. Yeah, but That's I think the only you, thing I, I can think of. I think it gives you a good understand that that Jean is gone from his life. I think that I think that's True. established. Regardless of how I I think it's I think it's there. I think you get that he's lost someone that he loved. But I mean, even regardless of that, yeah, I think the movie, it it does, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel like a sequel to anything. It just feels right. like a movie that happens to, you know, be involve this character and from this I, universe. I, I, I like that it doesn't have any hangups about trying to. It's it's not trying to set up a sequel. 
It's not, and that, this is regr- this is disregarding a post credit scene, which I, which I don't think counts. I mean, it, yeah. uh, it, the movie that's being told here, it, it's not a, it's not about following up on anything. It's not about setting up for future installments. It's about telling just a story in the in the life of the Wolverine. That's what I got here, and I was satisfied. But, by that. I think that you know the reason why it can basically work as a standalone, and you don't really need to deal with past movies, is because people, I think, for the most part, understand Wolverine and know who he is, and so that kind of works to its advantage. Which is to say that if you made a movie like, of course, then we pose and we'll, we'll ask later. It's like if you made a movie about anybody else, um, would that movie do so well? And A, maybe not because of Hugh Jackman's presence, and B, because nobody really knows anybody beyond like those five core X Men that are not really like the same, the original X Men. But you know, I'm talking about people like Storm, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast. Um, Come on, and- a Dazzler movie would be an unrivaled block. <laughs> I was thinking of Dazzler too. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think that works to its credit, which is, you know, people just know the property, people know the character, um, and they like him. They they really seem to genuinely like this guy, because this guy has had, the Wolverine, I'm saying, has had so many movies uh, in this franchise, and it doesn't seem like it's really going to end, um, because... Yeah, well, yeah, he's the most popular character in the X-Men universe. Well, I know that you have difficult, <laughs> or I know that you, you don't, you know, that you disagree on that to some extent, too. But I, I don't, don't disagree, really have... I just don't care. I, I'm not yeah. a huge Wolverine fan. I, yeah, I, have, like, no I like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Like, <laughs> yeah, which is why you're going to write the musical. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm writing it right now. Gene! Oh, Gene! That's going to be one of the songs. No, not anymore. <laughs> one of the nice things, you know, talking about that you don't have to have seen the other films going into this one... Even with that said, I thought there was a nice attention to detail that mm-hmm. if you know those other movies, things that fit in like uh, in, in the very first scene in, in uh, World War II Japan where you only see his claws like very, very briefly, they are the bone claws. Bone and, claws. You know, and granted, that's, that would be something that if you – unless you really didn't know Wolverine, it'd be hard to mess up. But just little things like that that really do put it in with the other films if you know them and if you're looking for it. And continuity-wise – Especially with that after credit scene, it helps establish, you know, where this character's been, where he's going. It helps fit it into the continuity of the, of the other movies, which is already squarely enough. Although they're trying to fix that with Days of Future Past, we'll see how well that works. Yeah. But but I I did like that. The only exception I would say to the attention to detail is, you know, you have this whole second act pretty much where he's depowered, where at least his powers are very highly dampened i wasn't entirely clear i think it's which just highly it dampened because i mean he's he's still you know he'd be dead if he had no healing powers but um i did find it interesting that they didn't have him constantly bleeding from the hands from where the claws came. i was thinking about that too that. and i, I think yeah. it just became something that was too complicated to keep it could also be a pg-13 blood the, the yeah exactly the rate as well yeah that's what i was gonna say but otherwise, the details, I thought, were very well-kept and very in keeping with the other films. Mm-hmm. And he, actually, hold on. The, the opening scene, I really like that scene a lot. I think it's fantastic, just the, the concept of that idea of him being in Hokan- or, uh, Nagasaki. Nagasaki, yeah, it's like not in Hiroshima. Which means yeah. he fought in both theaters of the, of the Second World War. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> He was a busy man in World War II. <laughs> That's right, he was. Can we talk oh, about yeah. how bad Svetlana was? Because she was like the only we actor that. in the yeah. that is, so yeah, there's, yeah. So there's legitimately there's, terrible. Yeah, it's such a, a solid cast apart from her. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's one. Um, there's one actress, Svetlana, who plays Viper, and uh, one of the mutants. And every time she's on screen, it just feels awkward. That's yes. <laughs> she's like imported from a different movie. 
She's like so. She's important I don't for know, the Asian of Shield. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> acting her heart out. That's for sure. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Of, that was she's like one of the craziest convoluted ones because uh, it feels as though there's more mutants in this one than we would than we are led to believe. Um, you don't really get a sense of anything beyond her her own intentions of hey, I'm gonna try and do some evil stuff because that's all I do, and also. Like I just didn't really like her screen presence, just because she's got this mole on her face. And she kept <laughs> this is where we're going. Oh, that's what we're doing now too. All right. <laughs> no, but she's an, she's just an attractive woman, and I hope that she does well. Well, I mean, and part of the problem is being that her character is so t- tightly tied to other Marvel continuity, kind of. of <clears throat> excuse me kind of a reverse Quicksilver problem that they're going to have in Avengers Age of Ultron. You know, she's the daughter of Baron Von Strucker, depending on which version of Viper this is. Um, She's part of Hydra. She was Madam Hydra or Lady Hydra at one point. Right. You know, you can't really delve too much into who this character is. And so part of me wonders why you don't just go with another mutant. I mean, there are so many mutant characters that have similar backgrounds or backgrounds with similar powers that they could use instead since, I mean, you're not tied to the continuity. You can make a character who's a, a kid who has these powers and just age them up. Part of me um, thinks it that, seemed odd that they chose her. Part of me thinks that it comes down to which ones they have the rights to. But uh, they have rights to all the mutants, don't they? I don't know how things work, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe uh, it's... I was surprised they had the rights to her, honestly. I mean, it could be. It could be that. It could just be they... They chose that because someone just really likes that character for some reason and thought it fit in the story. I don't know. I was, besides the actress, I was content with the character existing and it didn't, but it was just, she's evil. I got it. It was, it worked for this B movie that we're watching. That's pretty much all I took it as. I mean, I didn't need more depth on this character. I just, she's the bad, she's the bad guy. I got it. She's Poison Ivy. Got it. I did like, uh, I did like having a Hiroyuki Sonata in here. I'm a big fan of the movie The Twilight Samurai, and uh, yes. he's a. Uh, it was just so cool. He's like, oh, he's an Wolverine movie. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a great fight. Yeah, their fight Between is him fantastic. And, him and Wolverine. Yeah. Filled with honor too. Right. Yeah. Except and that's, at the end. I do want to say that's one of the characters that almost goes nowhere in a, in a sense. Like he's there. To serve some functions of the plot, and then to have that fight, and he's uh, almost inconsequential, at least in my well, opinion. I, mean, the, the things... the, I think the idea is that it keeps you guessing as to who's behind what. That's yeah, where it's yeah. going. But yeah. why? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Any other thoughts on the Wolverine before we get to our rating? Didn't think so. Let's get to our rating then. Each week and out now, if Aaron and Abe, we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. We have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. Jordan, where on that scale would you put The Wolverine? I would put this solidly in the theater category, which is where I saw it. I did not see it in 3D. Um, from what I hear, it's not really that great of a 3D movie where it just doesn't add too much. And so I kind of went with that. And uh, I was happy with my purchase of a standard uh, 2D movie theater ticket. Jose? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Theater, I think it's uh, it's fun enough to go see on the on the big screen. Abe? I'd say dollar theater. Um, it's a little bit long for my taste, and some of the character arcs kind of really go nowhere, and kind of annoyed by some of the characters, too. So, I'd say dollar theater. 
I would say theater easily best comic book movie of the summer unless Kick-Ass 2 is great, but we'll see about that. So there you go. <laughs> also, I saw it in 3D. 3D's fine. It's converted. Whatever. It's it was bright. That's all I could say. Given oh, that good. Given that the movie's you know very dark, I was yeah. I was happy that 3D didn't like hinder my ability ability to you know see the movie. But, uh, yeah, it's really, really subtle 3D. That one. Well, thankfully, like, the whole second act is pretty much in the daytime in yeah, very helps. bright Japan. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, let's do a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we talk about a couple movies that we might have thought of during or after the watch, the viewing of the main movie of the week. Jordan, any movie you thought of in relation to the Wolverine? Well, I keep bringing it up, but uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to drop the 75 bucks or so to buy the DVD on Amazon or find it some other way, it's actually not a terrible movie. Um, if you had modern special effects and better actors, it would actually fit pretty well in the modern Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, you get to see David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. Not a good movie, but not terrible. So I, I would say that. And uh, speaking of terrible, X-Men Origins Wolverine, I definitely thought of because this was a ton better. Yeah, uh, obviously Origins. Um, I don't know if it's just because of Hiroyuki Sonata, but I got a good uh, uh, The Last Samurai vibe yeah. from this. And uh, yeah, off the top of my head, that's that's about all I can think of. It, uh, I got a vibe of Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, because uh, there's like the weird demons that he has to battle, and there's including like robots that come and try and fight him. Uh, the Gray, because of uh, some flashback sequences. Um the Last Samurai as well. Uh, Memoirs of a Geisha, primarily because uh, I had, I hadn't seen this, and it's not so much something I didn't. I have to see. It's just more of a. There was a lot of controversy when that movie came out because people were saying that oh, you you casted a Chinese actress as uh, the lead in a Japanese film, um, and I basically said, or I basically uh, saw this movie and thought, and thought, you can really cast any Japanese person in a Japanese film, and I think people. Aren't, like, you can cast a bunch of nobody Japanese people, and I think that it's gonna be an okay movie, primarily because there's a lot of people in this movie that I didn't know of, and I thought that they acted very well, um, so, I think that it's something that maybe at the time people should have really taken a look at. Given a lot um, of credit there, though, I mean, you have the lead of one movie that has to act in a, in a language versus, like, a supporting character in this movie. That's true, yeah, and I, I also credit that, you know, Hugh Jackman kinda sells tickets more than, like, uh, these Japanese actors and actresses, um, so, Certainly, uh, you know, there's pros and cons, but I think that that was the controversy in that, I think, uh, would just remind me of this movie. Anyhow, um, and this is anime called Kids on the Slope um, by uh, the guy who created <laughs> Cowboy Bebop and also uh, Samurai Champloo. And I was only reminded of that because they go to a beach resort at the end of the line of one of the Japanese railways as well. Um, and that's kind of what happens in this movie with Wolverine and Muriko. So... Uh, yeah, Kids on a Slope. Check kids, that out. Kids on a Slope reference. Man. Yeah, that's yeah, a good anime. Nice. I, I know. I <laughs> didn't see that coming at I all. Think, I think it's only like 12 or twelve episodes or something like that. I have one more. I have one more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a, a – I, I just thought of it too. It's a, a Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift because uh, the DK himself is in this movie. He is. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I had to point that out. I'm sorry. Very good. I took it. I was oh. going to point it out. <laughs> and Sucker Punch just for giant robot samurai. There you go. <laughs> Two in the bush is worth one in the hand, whatever that means. <laughs> I thought of Twilight Samurai. Um, that's a good movie. You should see that movie. 
Uh, Zatuichi came to mind. For a few dollars more came to mind, specifically, of all the Westerns. Mm. Uh, the Grey did come to mind for me as well, Abe. Um, and, yeah. And Ronin, the uh, De Niro movie. The De Niro movie? Yeah. yeah. That's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's a little movie, movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Let's uh let's let's do a little let's do a little sponsor work. Uh, today's uh, podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com/outnowpodcast. There are over one hundred thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 device. For you, the listeners of Out Now, Fair and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free thirty-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Abe, do you have a book to recommend this week? I do have a book. It's called When You Are Engulfed in Flames by David Sedaris, who is a humorist and an essayist. Um, if you think your family's weird, check this book out because he writes a lot of funny things about his family. Uh, most of them are in uh, short story form, so you can uh, basically pick up in little increments of his life, and um, it's really funny. Uh, you should really check out the work of David Sedaris. That's a, that's a good recommendation. I like that one. Um, yeah, you could download that book or any other books at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. You can get a free audiobook today by using that link. You can literally download the book, listen to all of it. You could delete the account whenever you want, and you still get to keep the book and continue listening to it. And we get some credit for that. I mean, yeah. who loses? Who? No, no feelings hurt. Well, Audible loses in that case. But they don't that's lose. They, they... No, they, they, they got your name to sell out to marketers and there sales. There so you lose. <laughs> but they promise that they won't when you uncheck that box. There you go. Yeah. So they lose. <laughs> you can find out if you go to www.audibletrial.com. Okay, let's move on to Outnow Feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we answer, or answer, this is where we read some of the answers that we've given to some of our questions on the old Facebook page. We provide plenty of questions all week, and we let our listeners answer, give them some, you know, give them some time to, to feel out those questions. So here we go. I'm going to read the first one here. Wolverine has snicked. Nightcrawler has bamp. What suggestions did you have for other mutant onomatopoeias? Tim Burnham wrote the word blink whenever blink teleports. Jason has Deadpool would be slice and break the fourth wall. Mm. That'd be a fun one to see on this page. Any 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 ones you guys got? Well, Deadpool also has chimichanga. Yeah, that's less of an onomatopoeia yep. and more just a request. <laughs> <laughs> and a delicious fried burrito food. Any other ones, guys? Um, I can't think of a solid one. There's like this. Uh, there's this awesome in the in the original X Men game for Sega Genesis. Cyclops has a, a his his sound is. Yep. It's really lame. I think but... I think I think it, I think sometimes it also went pew 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 pew. pew. Oh, no, that's. I think. That's, uh, yeah, that. I, yeah. I think I think I think Gambit says um, I guarantee. I think that's his uh, every time he's like. <laughs> That's, that's yeah, it's in a big bubble. Every time he throws a card, it explodes. He's like, I guarantee. It's just really crazy like that. Uh, we also asked, which X-Men character would you hate to see get their own film? Corey Stevenson wrote, Gateway. He would just sit there the whole time making portals for people. Eric wrote, The Blob. It would be disgusting in live action. <laughs> Brent wrote, Jubilee. Though I got a kick, or I got her to kick Magneto's button, uh, Hero Clicks, once. Graham wrote Pyro from X-Men 2. Two minutes of whiny, bitchy teen angst is way too much, let alone two hours of it. Jason wrote, The kid in X-Men 2 who blinked his eyes to change the television station. Aaron wrote Cyclops because fuck him, that's why. Yep. And then Patrick wrote, I don't have quite the personal hate for Cyclops, but I agree. 
He's a one-trick pony. You can only use the old eye lasers so many times till it gets boring. Laser beam. And then Jim wrote, man, why all the Cyclops, Cyclops hate? Didn't any of you read the Whedon Cassidy Astonishing X-Men arc where he was actually written well? No. That's the answer to that question. That's <laughs> and I don't plan to so there. Um, I think there's actually a pretty cool uh, motion comics adaptation of that if anybody's interested. Fine. Maybe I'll watch that. <laughs> Who or what would you love to see Wolverine battle in a film? Hey, Jose, you put an answer here. Um, the yes, host, I did. But I'm going to read that one last because that's where it should All be. right. Alan put his feelings. Some pain doesn't heal. Mike put aliens. Jason put Wolverine versus a Terminator. Mm. Ryan put Mike Ditka. That's that's a good answer. That's a great one. Jason also put I want I want Wolverine to fight Megaton. Also, Brent put Jubilee in her yellow flasher jacket. I have a Superman versus Alien comic. It's pretty funny actually. And lastly, Jose, Jose's answer, the only correct answer, Sharknado. That just makes sense. I think that one got four likes. That's pretty. That's high, high scoring. Yeah, come on. Really. Wolverine versus a Sharknado, I would definitely pay to see that. Hey, whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> Requiem. There you go. Who is your favorite X-Men character slash mutant? Eric has, aside from Wolverine, which he claims to be obvious, he also says Gambit when he's throwing cards, not words. Robert James, friend of the show, put the obvious answer is Wolverine. It's obvious. But I've always been partial to the original Beast with the contrast between his diction and awkward form. Fascinating. <laughs> That's a beast quote from the X Men. Well done. <laughs> yes, I yeah, got. You it. really have to like kind of lay the fascinating. Uh, Robert James put Nightcrawler was my next deck because I put Nightcrawler. Um, my Nightcrawler was my guy. Um, Anthony put Colossus. Joe Jans put Colossus. Grant put Mystique. So many possibilities. Ellipsis. Gary put <laughs> Mystique. And Jason put Dead put Deadpool. I really wish for him to have his own movie someday. Mm, Ryan Reynolds is working on it. Uh, we did ask <laughs> which actor would you. Uh, would be a good fit to play Wolverine in future editions. Ken Love wrote Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is clearly the right choice. Not and then Jordan Grout. <laughs> Jordan Grout wrote Jerry Baruchel, which is an interesting choice. I, I can see it. They're definitely. both Canadian. Yeah. yeah. They both they can both, <laughs> there you go. They can both grow chops. Yeah. And our last question that we asked this week uh, was, uh, for comic book geeks, uh, any other X-Men story arcs that you'd want to see on film? Eric wrote, anything in the Savage Land or Brood Wars? Yes. And Adam wrote House of M or the Age of Apocalypse. Also neat, but that there's a you just, you've just never seen that. Yeah. House <laughs> of M would be would be fun House of M would be cool, yeah. Jordan, you back? Yes I am. What do any other any story arcs in the X Men universe that you'd want to see on screen? I'm I'm just not a big X Men guy. Um, so I don't really have any suggestions, honestly. Although, as for who should play Wolverine, you guys missed the obvious answer of Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys! No, no, take him away! I'm the best I am at what I do! <laughs> Iago, go back to your cage! <laughs> Oh god. I'm the best at what I do. <laughs> Alright, let's get to let's get to box office. Uh, each week we go over the box Woo. office totals for the week and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. Abe, do you remember what you predicted last week? Uh I, I want to say first place fifty fifty eight, I think. You did say that. Yeah. Marcus Robinson put sixty six million. Aaron Fink put sixty million, and I tried to one up him by going sixty million and one dollar. Um we were all a little over. Because Wolverine came in first place with 55 million, a little soft but still strong. Um, so yeah, there you go, Wolverine back on top. Uh, the, the 
The Conjuring had a very low dip for a horror movie. It still made $22 million this weekend, only down 47%. Horror movies... $22 million, wow. 40, horror movies generally dip a good, like, 60% or greater. It's still, like, double what it made, what it cost to make. Oh, yeah, it's already... It was in the clear last weekend when it just... Yeah, I know. ...the box office. Um, the only other stuff here, Woody Allen's movie Blue Jasmine debuted on, like, six screens and made a pretty strong per-theater average, which happens to Woody Allen movies. Uh, the to-do list, as I said... 15th place, 1.5 million, but that movie also only cost like 1 million to make, so that'll, it'll do fine. Um, and yeah, RIPD's making nothing, so there you go. Good job, guys. Good job. There's Good a, job, there's a, there's a video game for that movie, apparently. At what point did Universal think that they're just gonna capitalize off the RIPD money where they're like, we should make Well, a- they just basically just, you know, uh, took the Men in Black game and just put Ryan Reynolds and Jeff. on it. <laughs> uh, mods. It's it's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's box office this week. When only one big, huge movie opens, there's not really a lot to talk about. Um, so let's, uh, I mean, let's... The to-do list will get another $10 from me, so there's that. There you go. Enjoy it. Good cast in that movie, too. You, there's no one you like won't recognize. Friday Night Lights. There you go. Let's move on now. Let's get to... Uh, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, is it really that time for you to unlock and get the xylophone ready for games? How do you keep a xylophone locked? It's a secret. It's time for games this week. Abe, do you have a game for us? Yeah, I have two games. First game that we'll play is called Powerful Agents. This is a game in which I will read questions about people and characters, or or I guess uh, characters, um, and how powerful they are, and you have to tell me which film or the name of the character. Either or would be fine, uh, but more likely the the character. Feel free to stop me in uh, mid-sentence if you know the answer. What's the uh, if you get... this game? The theme of this game is People who have powers. How would you like us to ring in? You just shout out the answer. Um, okay. I think you know what? I think we should change this because we do this all. Oh. We, we should like we should like shout we should like shout out our name and then shout out the answer. The Kevin Pollock chat show method. There you go. Exactly. Oh, you should check that out on YouTube if you haven't. He has some pretty good, interesting conversations. Yes, um, he does. All right. So, uh, all right. Let's get started here. Powerful agents. First question. This powerful agent had his movie destroyed at the box office and director panned for ruining a terrific cartoon series. Aaron. <laughs> yes? Uh, the Last Airbender? That is correct! Ang? Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, Ong? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I actually don't go for that one. I go for Ang. Yeah, but Shyamalan's version, it's Ong. Ong? Yeah. <laughs> Number two. This powerful, spell-knowing New Yorker invites a physics student played by Jerry Baruchel to his lair to teach him to teach him the magical and mystical ways to take down an evil foe. Name the character or the movie. Jordan? Yes. Oh. The, the, the movie was The Sorcerer's Apprentice, I believe. That is correct. I think his name I know is the name. Balthazar? Yes. That is correct. Balthazar. <laughs> but Jordan gets the answer. Or, a movie that Abe still has not seen. Me That's neither. Yeah, hey, you know what? It's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's like solid. <laughs> it's like it's like watching it's <laughs> watching National Treasure. Yep. It's actually from the Wait Great Netflix. I know. Right. Number three. This powerful diminutive elf earned incredibly high praise by sacrificing himself in order to save his master in the seventh installment of this well known wizard Jose. franchise. Jose. Dobby the house elf. Yes, it's a very sad and dramatic death. I have yeah. that screenshot of him dying as a picture on my iPad. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, I watched it on my iPad once, and I took a screen capture of him, like, dying in Harry's arms. It's, like, the saddest picture I have on my iPad. 
sad. It's just his little eyes are closed. Uh, his little he legs. That, he said that, and all I could picture was sad Keanu. <laughs> is he eating the sandwich, or is the sandwich out of his hands? Out of his hand. Out of his hand. He can't uh, eat. His friend is dead. Number four. This powerful animal earned, learned many kung fu techniques after mixing his love for food with his love of martial arts. Dobby. I mean, Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> is it Poe? That is Poe. That's correct. From Kung Fu Panda, the deuce. Deuce. And, and, the, and the first one, yeah. Skadoosh. Okay. Number five. This powerful teenager, with the help of her talking dragon, defends her family's honor after loyally serving in the army in place of her alien Jose. father. Jose! Mulan! That is correct. Yes. I saw that movie at a drive-in movie theater. Really? Yes, I did, because there I are missed... still a few of them in Pennsylvania. Man, yeah, there's, there's one perfect. over in uh, East Bay Walnut Creek in California here. There's uh, one in San Jose? Oh, there you go. Hey, you're Jose. <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> we just Clyde Atlas that one. All right, number, <laughs> number six. This powerful blue and red alien moved time and space in order to save the person he cared for most. Aaron. Aaron. Cal L. That is correct. <laughs> He's not blue and red. He's pale. Yeah, it's, it, it's, to, it's to throw you off there. <laughs> Superman, the movie. <laughs> the most unalien looking alien to ever be aliened. <laughs> not everyone has his claws. <laughs> Number seven. This powerful sorcerer needs a green-eyed woman to speak a curse in order to take over a small neighborhood in this San Francisco city, or in San Francisco, and presumably the world afterward. Small neighborhood in San Francisco. Powerful sorcerer. Green eyes. Oh my god, Aaron. Aaron! Uh, Lopan. Lopan is correct! Big trouble in Little Little China. Aaron, nice job. Okay, number eight. When taking care of this little guy, be sure to pay strict attention, or this powerful little guy, be sure to pay strict attention to the rules of no feeding, no water, and no sunlight. Jordan. Jordan. Uh, Gremlins? That is correct. Gizmo? Gizmo is correct. Gizmo. Yeah. All right, number nine. (laughs) Mogwai. Number nine. (laughs) <laughs> this powerful teenager affects the lives of many residents, from teachers to students to motivational speakers in his hometown, by traversing time and space to save a girl before horrifically being crushed to death in this haunting film. This powerful teenager affects the lives of many residents, from teachers to students to motivational speakers in his hometown, by traversing time and space to save a girl before being horrifically crushed in this haunting film. Jose! Jose! Is this Donnie Darko? That is correct. Oh, Oh. for some reason, I kept going to Back to the Future, and I was like, I don't remember him being crushed at any point. I had Jumper in my mind. I'm like, who got crushed in that movie? Yes, that's where I went to at first. (laughs) Can we go go back to to Gremlins for a second? Because I was on the plane, and I was thinking... Well, what if they like had food and they changed like time for time zones? <laughs> well, that that they one just hear, gets confusing because right? it's it's what it's don't feed them after midnight, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what isn't is it like... like always after midnight? I, yeah, no, it's a, it's a confusing rule. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are Terrible. they made up of water? Yeah. If they bleed on themselves, do they multiply? I don't. Know. Yeah, well, we'd have to ask the creators of the movie. Anyhow, number ten, number ten. 
This powerful superhero has largely no idea how to handle the death, his, the death of his beloved, but then ends up being obliterated by her, only leaving his safety visor Jordan. floating in the air. Uh, Jordan! X-Men 2, X-Men uh, United. No. Uh, or X2, Aaron. X-Men United. Aaron! Cyclops, X-Men The Last Stand. That is correct. It's actually X-Men 3, Jordan. I'm sorry. Wait, he gets obliterated in the third one? Yes. yes. Yeah, wow, that tells one. you how many times I've rewatched the third one. <laughs> Aaron. Because he has that, he has that. <laughs> he's like, not everyone heals as fast as you, Logan. And then he walks off, goes to. And that's the line. end of him, because he's killed off screen for some reason. I don't even know if he's killed. I don't even know where he goes. He is. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see when they announce James Marsden as part of the cast of Days of Future's Past. If you see it, it says rumored on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because <laughs> IMDb is completely uh, accurate all the time. Yeah, it's short for IMDpedia. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, with that, you have actually won the first game. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. This, this is in no way rigged at all. Uh, game number two, simply entitled James Marsden. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the segue what? of the last question, moving into game number two. All right, here we go. There's only three questions. And... Uh, what? Sorry, <laughs> I just pulled out the, app, the Sam Jackson app and tried to... Pick. I tried to symbolize my victory in a quote, but that, that was like a really vulgar one. <laughs> I was like, what does Sam Jackson have to say about James Marsden? Yeah. Everything. Real. He's just cussing I, him out. I thought that was going to be like a Cyclops uh, soundboard, but no, he doesn't have any cool lines. Yeah, he just says, come on, guys. <laughs> Storm, fry him. All right. Anyway, James this Marsden. Is, this is the James Marsden game? Yes, yeah. Three questions here. Simple enough. It's called Sad Marsden. No, we should have called it that. But all you have to do is name the movie uh, that he's in, because clearly all these are James Marsden. All right, number one. James plays the extremely cool and closeted older brother in this movie about three friends going to meet up with a girl the main character found online. Aaron. Aaron. Is it Sex Drive? That is correct. All right. If you oh, he was in that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually really funny in that movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two, in a minor role, James plays this centaurus assassin who just happened to be part of a long history of sculpted men who have few thoughts of their own. In a minor role, James plays this notorious assassin who just happened to be part of a long history of sculpted men who have few thoughts of their own. Sculpted? Yes, sculpted. Meaning chiseled. Jordan, I'm going to go oh. out on a limb and say Highlander. Highlander is incorrect. Jose. Jose. I'm going to go out on a limb and say 300? No. That is incorrect. Yeah, I, that's just sculpted men, and I just think 300. An assassin. I, yes. Yeah, Notorious I, assassin. Notorious. Like, history has not looked favorably upon him. James Marsden? Time is up! It's Zoolander, where he plays John Wilkes Booth. All right, what a, what a hit the obscure card there. <laughs> Anyhow, number three. A cast member of this Academy Award-nominated film, James apparently plays a narcissistic prince who rules Andalansia. Aaron. Aaron. Is it Enchanted? That is correct. It was nominated for, I think, three or four songs. Best song, not yeah. Yeah, but it oh. lost to Once, the, uh, the yeah, independent once, film. Yeah. Yeah, Disney decided to, like, let's get all these song nominations, and it's still lost, because Once, yeah. is, Once is fantastic, so there you go. Yeah, it is a good movie now. It's also uh, on Broadway, I believe. 
So uh, yep. anyhow, uh, nobody wins that one. Everybody wins. What? Congratulations! What? I, I was waiting for a twenty-seven dresses question. <laughs> no, he had to go for that that timely Zoolander question. That was needed. Oh yeah, I didn't, that's I, didn't want, better. I didn't want to include anything with Catherine Heigl in it. <laughs> that's your big dance fighting. That's your reasoning for most things. <laughs> Benny and the Jets. Anyways, all right. So those games. Y- yay! Good. <laughs> good job, Abe. A little delay there. Yeah. Sorry, I was just trying to find another quote thing, but I can't find it, so whatever. Um, Zoolander, okay. Um, uh, let's. <laughs> what is this, a school for ants? I feel, I feel like Aaron enjoyed those games as much as your friend enjoys Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh, Marcus. I enjoyed the games because I, I know I won them, so I said yes. Let's do it a lot now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out to DVD and Blu-ray this coming week and VOD and wherever else you can purchase new releases. First up, we have G.I. Joe Retaliation. Uh, I had fun. Jose was on that one. He was on that podcast. Yeah, there The Rock. Were, there, were ninja, there, were, there was The Rock and Ninjas on Rocks. So there you go. Huh? Yeah. Next up, we have Justice League, the, fa- the Flashpoint Paradox. Jordan, you know anything about this one? Um, I mean, I know it is a animated version of the Flashpoint storyline that rebooted DC Comics from its last continuity to the New 52. Um, I know various plot points within it. I also know I have zero interest in it. Um, it looks decently well made. I just, I'm not interested in it. Okay. Well, Basically, if you want to see a universe where instead of uh, Bruce Wayne's parents dying, where instead Bruce Wayne and his mother died and his father becomes Batman, this will be the movie you want to check out. Interesting. They also brought back the most boring Flash. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, last, well, that's that's really the, the new releases that come out. Uh, there's one thing I want to point out. The Devil's Backbone gets released on Criterion Collection this week on the, on the Blu-ray and a DVD. So this is Guillermo del Toro's 2001 effort, which is a fantastic film. And anyone that loves Pan's Labyrinth and hasn't seen The Devil's Backbone should just do themselves a favor and see The Devil's Backbone. Anyone else just see The Devil's Backbone, which is just a damn good movie. Uh, so there you go. It's a nice, it's a cool ghost story from director Guillermo del Toro. I have it, and it's one. It's a awesome looking uh, packaging, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I like the and, art. Uh, yeah, and it's a great, great set. I mean, it's one disc on Blu-ray, but <laughs> good stuff on there. Cool. Uh, let's get to next week. Next week, we're not sure what we're going to talk about yet. We have um, obviously there's first two. Big contention right there. Um, that, that could be the we could we could spend an hour and a half talking about Smurfs too and how they're still oh, smurfing yeah. and they're smurf, yeah. smurfing into darkness. There's, I mean, yeah, so much an hour. Have to talk about. <laughs> I could spend an hour and a half talking about Neil Patrick Harris. So. There you go. Um, <laughs> let's see. There is also um, uh, there is also uh, Two Guns comes out. This is the Denzel Washington Mark Wahlberg movie. Uh, could talk about that, or we could do like another indie show. I don't know yet. We're we're trying to figure yeah, that out. But for the uh, for the time being, let's uh, let's let's wager what we think Two Guns will do at the box office next weekend. Just to just to have an an idea. And um, oh, I'm gonna go bold here. I'm gonna oh. say first place, beating the Smurfs because people love Denzel. People love Marky Mark. Uh, I'm gonna say first place, and I'm gonna say uh, you know, like 52 million. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say 52 million? Yeah. Why not? See, okay. So the the R-rated Denzel Washington, Mark Wahlberg action movie is going to do better than the Smurfs and Wolverine in the second weekend. That is correct. Okay. I'm going bold, and then I'm going home. 
Okay, so Abe, 52 million. Going to be completely wrong, by the way. <laughs> okay. Jose, saner thoughts? <laughs> um, oh, I actually am not even sure if it'll end up number one. Um, but let's say number one and go. <laughs> okay. You sure that's I just, Smurfs? I'm going to give you a chance to back I, out here. I don't know how strong this. I don't know how much the Smurfs made last time either. So I'm. I'm I can give you that stat right now, and I'll. I'll just remind you there is a Smurfs two to begin with, so it's not like it didn't do bad well the first time. (laughs) This is true. Um, How much did it make? um, The Smurfs made 142 million the first uh, first time it came out. Um, It it opened to 35. Yeah, it opened to 142 million. Holy crap! It opened to 35 million. (laughs) It opened to 35. I'm going to say, go ahead and say Two Guns uh, number two. <laughs> and <laughs> let's say 20. Okay. Thank you. Uh, by the way, Smurfs made 400-something foreign, so it had over half a billion dollars the first <sighs> worldwide. Just saying. A lot of money for some blue guys. That's a, that's a Smurf ton of money, that's right. <laughs> I think the Blue Man group is sad they didn't get cast in that. <laughs> do, you, do you know that they're not in that? Because I haven't seen it. <laughs> Jordan, and, and if they were outside of their makeup, you wouldn't know what they look like. So, yeah, this is true. It's uh, actually Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't uh, Fred Armisen one of the Blue Men for a while? Really? Yeah, but you know Jeffrey Tambor and David Cross. They had or I could have completely Jeffrey. made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say he doesn't come but, uh, anyway, um, I will say that Smurfs comes in first. I will also say that Two Guns comes in third. I think Wolverine will hold on to the second. And I'll give two guns 22, um, A, for the pun factor, but also because I think it's probably accurate. 22 for two guns. Is... <laughs> I'd be less recited. I'd say third place, and I'll just – I'll say a solid 18. There you go. Uh, I'll be laughing all the way to the bank next week. I, I, don't, I don't think know, I've I don't know what bank you go to, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be foreclosed so. on. That's okay. <laughs> How can it be foreclosed on when I didn't want a loan on it, Aaron? Okay, well, let's just... Because I don't need a loan. I'm putting it all down. I, I saw that when you put your summer box office layout. I know. <laughs> and, uh, it's a good one. Fred Armisen played background drums. With the That's what it was. I knew he had some wow. connection. There you go. I hope, they're on, I hope they guessed on Portlandia at some point. That would be amazing. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> say, say, say the more you know once again. Yes. All right, so that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now Theater today. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at wisetoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag The Last of Us. Jose? Yeah, um, you can find my review of The Wolverine. should be up by the time the episode comes out on a thethoughtfulslacker.blogspot.com. And on Twitter, I'm Jose Cordova. That's my name. And Jordan. You can follow me on Twitter at JordanFRMJersey. And you can find all of my many podcasts, including my newest show and kind of flagship show, Jersey Shore, at HHWLOD.com. That's HHWLOD.com. I'm on uh, Jersey Shore, I'm on the LOD, I'm on Walking Dead TV Podcast. Look around, you'll find me. Great. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Out There, and Abe on iTunes, also at Stitcher, 
You can also find us at HHWLOD.com, just like Jordan's mentioned, all of the shows that he is also on, as long as as well as many other cool guys that talk about comics and games and fun stuff like that. All of those at HHWLOD.com. You can also find us at OutNow.Potomatic.com, where you can find exclusives, such as interviews that Aaron has done, as well as links to other fun stuff, such as OutNow Nights. You can also check out our YouTube page, YouTube.com slash OutNowPodcast, where you can find the main reviews, about 20 to 30 minutes each. I meant to mention this earlier, actually, but congratulations to friend of the show, Jim Dietz, who just uh, gave birth to a second child. Well, he didn't oh, give birth. His wife did, specifically. No, no, I, <laughs> I saw, I, no, he sent pictures. It was weird. Um, <laughs> I, I have not come across those yet, um, I think, thankfully. Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us your thoughts on male giving birth or thoughts on the Wolverine, either way. And also, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to answer the questions that we put up or ask us questions that we'll read on the air and we'll answer. And when you log off the old Facebook page, you can log on to twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can follow that page and, you know, get us get us on the tweets. Yeah. Or check us out at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com where we post a lot of fun stuff found around the internet as well as links to our shows, including photos or, I guess, animated photos of the professional. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that is going to do it. Thank you, Jordan and Jose, for coming on this week. Thank you for having us. Yeah, always fun. Great. And, uh, yeah, until next time when we decide what the hell we're going to do next week, so long. And goodbye. I enjoyed the games because I, I know I won them, so it's, I mean, it's... <laughs>